Look at the adjective. Play. Now is the franchise going to take the Viagra? Oh, going to put the butts in the seat. Hello there, wrestling fans, and welcome to episode 104 of Because WCW The Podcast, where the big boys play. My name is the Twisted Genius Dean A.S., and I am joined as ever by my esteemed colleague, the zone are you still a sports journalist? Have you been promoted or something these days? It's Liam Happ, everyone. <laughs> um, technically, I'm still a journalist. I still do some journalism-based work. I do a lot of uh, management as well now. Basically, the managing editor of zone News. Content, content manager at zone is my official job title. He's but... content manager at zone everyone. Liam Happ. Yeah, Still a go. blue tick wanker. Ah, yeah, to get the insult in there as well. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, so those who actually use the zone might actually be aware of the fact that we have the app with all the, the live fights and other great original content, documentaries, archive fights. Um, my main job at the moment is to oversee a separate sister website that contains written articles and things like guides to how to watch certain fights and things like that. Uh, and we have, we have a no, we we have a growing a range of uh, written original content, things like a pound for pound rankings and like fight. For, so so you have uh, Fury Wilder three recently, and we'll have like here's five other great trilogy fights, sort of that content like that. And nice. It basically helps get people to the site and aware of what a zone is. I see, and how to pronounce it. Yeah. Yeah. Zone. You have me for that. You didn't know until you met. I didn't. I thought I was it was D A Z N, like normal people. But dozen. no, it's zone. You said dozen, didn't you? Dozen, something. Yeah, but it's like it's a it's it's a it's a brand new version of a of a washing up powder that Danny Baker's gonna have. Like, <laughs> dozen. dozen. Let's let's do the dozen yeah. test challenge thingy bollocks. Yeah. But uh, aside from dozen. Uh, I, I, I believe that um, you've currently got the uh, the place to yourself. Your your wife and daughter are away for a few days. Peace and, and quiet, yes. Peace and quiet. I'm expecting that your Wi-Fi is taking a hammering. What are you trying Parental to say? Parental controls are off. What are you trying to say, then? Getting through the uh, tissues there. <laughs> you just don't uh, have the balls to say it, do you? <laughs> Wanking himself into a coma, <laughs> there ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, you are so crass. How do you still have a mainstream gig? Oh, wait, it's only because of WCW. Fair enough. Uh, no, I, c- I can confirm that I have not been abusing tissues. I have, however, been abusing the local takeaways. Oh. Uh, because I, as I mentioned to you while we're offline, I have... You know, I enjoy cooking. I'm, I'm pretty confident in the kitchen. I can cook some nice things. But I lose a lot of motivation and inspiration if I'm only cooking for myself. So I've, so I've like, set myself up with supplies for nice, light breakfast, nice, easy lunches, and then I'm just ordering something covered in the evening. No, you see, what you... What you've got, what you got there, is you got the opportunity to cook all the things that you like that no one else in your house likes. I don't have that problem. 
Ah, you see, I do. I have, I have. I don't know if I'd call them fussy eaters, but yeah, you know, I've got, I've got a vegetarian stepdaughter or pescatarian stepdaughter, and I've got. Uh, and my my other half, she's not a fan of like a massive, great, big, juicy steak or something. So anytime I've got the place to myself, it's out with the steak or or I'm weird. I like things like lamb's liver. Uh, but I'll, yeah, think just the thing. Just, treat myself to the things that uh you know i ordinarily i wouldn't be able to cook because i just get looked at strangely you i mean i get looked at strangely most of the time anyway but well i wasn't gonna say anything but um yeah yeah when they're away i'm guessing you like to wander down to like a morrison's and have them cut the fillet steak for you especially just just give me the cow just kidding oh it over my shoulder and carry it home listen up slap nuts that's right. This is Jeff Jarrett, the chosen one, and you're listening to Because WCW. Now choke on that. Right. Well, um, we we are back. Apologies. It has been. We didn't. We 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 didn't realize it has been as long as it has been. It's been a good few weeks since we were last on. We we reviewed. I think we had to recover from the trauma of watching Mayhem 1999. Maybe, um, but it's, it. it's fine because I think everyone just assumed that I'd buggered my laptop again. So that's cool. Fair enough, yeah. Especially if you've uh, got the house to yourself. Hey, um, there he uh, goes. There we are. DNA, well, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We we are uh, we are back with the Nitro watch alongs, and uh, this episode today is from August the fifth, nineteen ninety six, and it's a a little bit of a, a symbolic one because on August the fourth, nineteen ninety six, the ninety six Atlanta Olympic Games came to an end which means that this is the last of the Disney MGM Nitros, which I think I've, I've looked back rather fondly on, especially that great big tree in the middle of the entranceway. Yeah, I do, I do like a nice iconic placeholder venue. I know there were certain detriments to the impact zone for TNA, for instance, but I was lucky enough to be able to go to a... To, to an impact tape in there in 2012 it's not it's a nice like local setup venue like just for them um obviously more recently people remember daily's place for AEW, which yep. you know in in the face of adversity it really added some character to, to to a lot of their performers and the product as a whole and i think they were do you know what their their, their content since going back out on the road is 10 times better than it was when they first started the show and they did have crowds. Um, And yeah, so I've always got a soft spot for for these sort of fixed venues. I'd like to see a little bit more. I know, as you said, there's downsides to it. You know, uh, certain elements of the crowd get samey-samey and they can get a little bit repugnant and stuff. You've seen some stuff in news recently about the regulars at NXT Full Sail University and I know imp- the Impact Zone had some some regulars yeah. who weren't very popular. So there's downsides, but I, I like the charm of a, a, a of just a, a venue that is this company's venue. And yeah, we've enjoyed these this little run of fixtures. We've we've had we've had some fun with it. And obviously the last one we did Dean was the um the infamous attack by the NWO. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, as we mentioned at the time, it was, um, it's interesting because they have basically deliberately sabotaged their own show and the, the show itself dragged and felt pretty lousy, but it was for a reason of, of getting the storyline over that the NWO had 
had sabotaged Nitro and ruined the output. So it'd be interesting to see, especially as we're in the same place the following week, it'd be interesting to see on this one, you know, what the the reaction is like, what the, the crowd are like, what just what the pace and the flow of the show is like. Yeah, it's a good point to us. We've, you know, they could really make some callbacks to them being there again. So, yeah, uh, I can't recall ever watching this show. It doesn't stick out to me. I know certain episodes we do remember from back in the day. This one doesn't really say much to me. Just look no, at the synopsis. No. So let's let's see how it goes. We will see how it goes. Yes, just before we uh, press play, just want to remind everyone as well if you are listening to this. Um, around about the time of the end of October, beginning of November, that um, we've often talked about how AEW is is kind of the nearest thing we've got to WCW these days. Yeah, both on TNT, both a bit of an alternative to the uh, to the Vince McMahon show. Um, and just want to remind everyone, our friends at Hooked on Wrestling are running some uh, viewing parties for AEW Full Gear 2021. Um, three venues for this. It's at um, Gosta Green in Birmingham, at the Sports Bar and Grill in Old Street in London, and the Director's Box in Manchester. Um, all of those uh, tickets are on sale right now on uh, the show starting at 9 o'clock, Saturday 13th of November. Um, it goes on until 5 a.m. UK time, uh, but the parties begin at 9 o'clock. Loads of things to do, prizes to be won. Um, it's just such a good atmosphere, such a great laugh. Um, I'll be at the uh, the London one. Maybe you will as well, Liam. I know you've been to a few before. Um, but if you want to get tickets for that, then go to hookedonwrestling.co.uk forward slash tickets. That's hookedonwrestling.co.uk forward slash tickets. Um, and there's also tickets there to um, Royal Rumble viewing parties. 2022 um they have started going on sale in a few venues as well and right. it's a saturday and it is a saturday just like yes. full gear and i don't know if you saw the very recent news dean that uh wwe are doing a lot of saturday pay-per-views in 2022 yes so indeed, happy yeah. days for paul and the hooked on team because that makes it a lot more appealing than like being absolutely sleep deprived early on a Monday. <laughs> yeah. It, it's um yeah, on the one hand it means as you said, yeah, people don't have to take the day off for work and that, but on the other hand it is much harder to find venues to hire out um on a Saturday night because they're usually busy with their own stuff anyway. So it's it's a uh, it's a double edged sword I guess. But it's for yeah, for uh, for the for you and me and for most people uh, in the UK definitely good that it's on a Saturday. Right. So we are as I said um looking at the fifth of August nineteen ninety six episode of Monday Nitro. Uh the the countdown timer is on zero 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 zero. You'll be surprised to learn. Shock. Um, should we go for some burning buildings? I could do a burning building right about now. Okay, burning buildings in three, two, one, play. And view uh, explosions, and there they are, and there's still Babyface Hulk Hogan. Still there. You have to Still be there. patient for the burning buildings, Dean, because first you get the buildings, and then you get the burning. And, and make sure wait for it. Hogan. Yeah, there'll be no instant gratification to be found here, no sir. No, no, no. So it has felt like a while since we've done this, hasn't it? Yeah. And of course, we are starting in the daylight, and we will end in the nighttime. 
that's a reassuring familiarity. That brings us back to where we were with these things. They've been pretty fun, haven't they? For better or for worse, these these tapings. Yeah, it's um I mean we we talked about you know AEW adapting to the circumstances regarding COVID, pandemic and that. And you know, this is WCW making uh making a good thing out of a bad situation. They had to they had to relocate because all of their production crew were busy on the Olympic Games and they went to Air Disney MGM for what, six weeks or so? Yeah. And um it's been it's been good fun. Well, there's been some good matches. There's been some outright weird matches. There's been a tree in the middle of the walkway, in the middle of the aisle. Uh, yep. There's Still been those weirdly there. spaced WCW things just behind Larry Zabisco's head right now. Yep. And there's some... Are they the ones, or is it up on the ceiling where... Um, They're the ones. The NWA put bed sheets over the letters yep. to make it NWO. Tucked them in nicely. So they're talking about the four empty chairs that are in the front row. And they're talking about a fourth person, but we've only seen three. And of those three, only two were visible because it, we only saw Hall and Nash. Yeah. But boy, did we see Hall and Nash because was. this is one of those memorable those moments, like with the lawn dart from Nash to Ray and... Just a re- really proper, realistic fight for the most part. I know it wasn't completely perfect. Yeah. And the uh, Zabisco saying the wrestlers are going to handle their own security. Is that a euphemism? So, I don't believe so. Ah, so here we go. We've got, we've got wrestlers patrolling, I'm guessing patrolling the ringside area. And I've got to say, if I wanted security and you gave me Meng the Barbarian, Scott Norton and Big Bubba, I'd be pretty happy with that. Yeah. No one's getting past. This, this is, I mean, especially for the time frame, this is interesting now to have like a bunch of wrestlers and, and they've deliberately picked uh, some of the, the, the tougher looking wrestlers on the roster, obviously who aren't big stars. Seeing like the faces of Fear and Scott Norton, who are basically out there, and they're just going to keep an eye out and watch the exits. Yeah, they are there at ringside. So, um, yeah, they they mentioned just then that um that Rey Mysterio was the one you mentioned about there being another person, a, f- a fourth man, as they call it. And we are starting with the World Tag Team titles on the line. Challenges of the Rock and Roll Express. Who look way past it, even here in uh, 1996. <laughs> and I'm yeah. pretty sure they were wrestling as recently as last calendar year. Pro- probably average this were. year. I'm not Ricky privy Walker's to... Ricky doing a Canadian Destroyer. Oh, Jesus. Well, to be fair, everyone's doing a Canadian Destroyer now, aren't they? That's, that's the thing. I- I'm not. Yeah, you are. There's no need to be modest. I heard I heard that's the reason why uh, Ricky Slatter demands to sit like a few feet further away from you now. He corrected you on something minor and you gave him a flip pole drive. Is that true? No, it's my terrible body odour. Ah, fair enough. Yeah. So here come Harlem Heat, the tag champs. 
Oh, we've got Suckers, we've got Nick Bone, we've got them all. Apart from that one. Yeah, that that would be Booker T on pay-per-view about nine months after this. Right. And I always think of uh, Sister Sherry's big grin on her face when he makes that slip up. And oh, Sister and... Sherry is out here with Colonel Robert Parker. Yes, I was just going to also add, and Mean Gene keeping it super professional, as only we'd expect from him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we've got four empty seats at the front row again. They're speculating that that is the NWO. But then why would they wank money away on those tickets when they're playing on sneak attacks backstage? It's not really well, uh, it's not really a misdirect, is it? It's making you expect them showing up. It is. Is um is the answer because WCW? Oh, almost certainly. It's one of them, it's a cliche that like a lot of wrestling companies have liked to use in similar situations. And the more it gets used, the more people forget the actual purpose, the value of it. Definitely. <laughs> you know the the um we've got why have we got the giant defending his title against Sergeant Craig Pittman? When he's already signed what? up to face Hogan at the pay-per-view. Uh, maybe it's a warm-up or something, but... But it gets better, it gets better, Dean. We've got Ric Flair versus the Booty Man. Christ. So we just have to Hopefully... hope that Flair doesn't treat the Booty Babe like she's an air stewardess. Well, I was going to say, hopefully... Um, hopefully Ric Flair is in epic shithousery mode. As opposed to uh, mid-flight demon mode. Indeed. <laughs> well, I have um, not seen the banquet table yet. Not yet. And uh, Rick, Ricky Morton's been sent flying by a simple shoulder block from Booker T. And the size difference between these two teams is very, very very noticeable. Yeah, I mean, con- considering that, yeah, you're right. Booker T is deceptively rangy because he spends a lot of his career in with bigger guys, but he's no midget himself. And he's obviously built like a brick shithouse. This is the sort of great selling you'd expect from the rock and rolls, isn't it? Indeed. And Stevie Ray's even bigger. Really putting over that that advantage early on. This is a good old school stuff, and yeah, it's so it's so well done, and they're such pros to rock and rolls. You'd be confident that if Booker T were to tag in Stevie Ray right now, it looked like he was going to, but he's not. But if they were to tag in Stevie Ray, you'd trust the rock and rolls to be able to do the exact same thing just as well with him, even though we well, know well Stevie Ray's not very good. Do you mean? Yeah, I was going to say. Do you mean they'd actually be able to make Stevie Ray look competent? Yeah. I'm I'm very confident of that fact. Well, they've double teamed Booker, and that seems to have worked. And they've now both clotheslined Booker over the top rope to the floor. And it seems that that is the answer for them to to double team Harlem Heat, and it that works. 
if you think then we've seen Harlem Heat and we know they're a good tag team, we know Booker T himself is very, very good as a wrestler, but we have seen them in recent weeks in several matches on these Nitros where um, there's just been a disorganised mess as opposed to being actively yeah. bad. It's just been like a, just just a random bunch of confusing stuff happening in a match. Uh, against the Rock and Rolls, you, you have every confidence that they're going to slot them into a nice formula keep things logical, keep things basic. And so far, we're already seeing that, and it's working. Yep, and uh, we've just come back from the commercial break. And we have quick, here you go, quick tags again. So they've got Stevie Ray down on the deck. And now, since we've come back from the break, Harlem Heat have taken over. Booker gets tagged in. There you go. Absolutely spot on timing for TV wrestling. Yes. It's, it's, it still is really weird seeing the wrestlers. They've basically got their backs to the ring post, like watching all the exits, haven't they? Yeah. So we, we asked how they were going to sort of acknowledge the uh, story from last week, but also be able to move on. And, and the answer is having four hard bastards sitting in by each ring post. Well, there's more talk on commentary about this fourth man. Because remember, it was one of the attacked wrestlers who's like, there were four of them. Yeah, as, you said, as you said, there were actually two, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he got punched so hard he had double vision. Well, getting your head yeah, he launched got... into a, a trailer wall would do that. Yeah, yeah. He got taken out by the seven-foot-tall Nash twins. So I'm curious to see how this show pans out. Now we're, we're starting with a... With a pretty good wrestling start. Very, very yeah. easy formula stuff. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, but we've not really had that sort of a start to the show lately. If I remember correctly, a lot of these recent, uh, these Disney taping Nitros, they've had the um, probably the, the weirdest match of the show start things off, if I remember correctly. So it's a bit more of a solid yeah. start, at least. Yeah, we've we've had um we've had a few sort of just typical crowd pleasers or 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 matches with with wrestlers or teams who can work any type of a crowd like the Rock and Roll Express, like we've had Dave Taylor and William Regal, I think Steve Regal. Well, the good news is, is even though they're running a pretty decent match, we're we're going to be treated ahem, to more extracurricular between Sherry and Parker outside. Indeed. I mean, it, this has been carrying on for how long? I mean, wasn't it one of the first Nitro watch-alongs that they actually started all this? Oh, yeah, this has been going on for ages. trying to work out what they're saying and Booker <laughs> is getting more and more annoyed at the fact that they are having they're having a conversation between the two of them at ringside rather than concentrating on their the job in hand 
and Booker is saying that he doesn't need the two of them there. Yeah, more yeah I don't know where this is going. <laughs> I don't like where it's going. And that was, was that one of the first Spinneroonies in wrestling history? Mate, that's a good question, actually. I don't remember seeing one on a Nitro. Do you? No. <laughs> no, not at all. I think we may have just seen the first Spinneroonie from Booker T. Booker goes for a middle middle rope knee drop, but misses by a mile. And Morton is looking to try and make the tag to Robert Gibson, but he's in the wrong corner. Crowd chanting. Does the roll. There we go. And in comes Gibson with the hot tag. Crowds are a bit quiet, though. They haven't really reacted, have they? There there were chants. Uh, I mean, you're, I, I think you're right about the overall crowd, but the fact that they got some chance even out of this crowd just shows what tag formula does. Mm. You can see the, there's a lot of kids right on the hard cam, and they're watching. They're, they're not, like, bored or anything, but they're not making a lot of noise. They're not invested. And <laughs> Sherry has just uh, Sherry's just pushed um, Robert Gibson away from making the pinfall. Parky gets hit. Stevie Ray then boots Robert Gibson in the face. Booker Ray, Booker Ray, Booker T covers him. Booker Ray Harley or Stevie T? Yeah. <laughs> and basically, oh, he's and Booker T's also said five time, I think, there for the tag champ. So, so book. I think we've got a time traveling Booker T talking about five times and doing the spinneroonie. But basically, Parker and Sherry have proven their worth by being directly involved in the finish. Yeah, and you, you'd think that like some of the other wrestlers on this roster would do what Robert Gibson did here, because Sherry comes in, tries to do... Well, I was going to say tries to rake the eyes, but I think Zabisco's right. It was an attempt at a kiss. And he basically just shoves her off. No one's able to do that to a woman, though, because her determination to cheat to, to higher hell is... Uh, <laughs> it's just... She, you, you can't get past it. Costs. Yeah, her her determination to to interfere illegally is just much stronger than your sister Sherry's. It seems clearly, it's time for Mean Gene with the Nasty Boys. And this is weird because even though it only came out a few months ago, the Nasty Boys seem to be wearing the Tottenham Hotspur away kit. <laughs> I don't know how that works. I told you, it's the time travel episode of Nitro. That's how. <laughs> I've got the closed captioning up for this um, Nasty Boys promo. And Brian Nobbs has had several of his words in brackets. It just says indistinguishable. Yes. <laughs> I think the word was grief. They're getting a lot of grief. Oh, here comes Sting and Luger. So they're they're kind of talking about how they're friends with Hogan. And Sting Sting is basically Sting and Luger, they're basically asking, what's the deal with the nasty boys? 
Nobs and Sags resent being associated with Hogan and the NWO. They say they stand right where they always stand in Nastyville. Do you reckon we get uh, listeners from there, like with Parts Unknown? I think Nastyville is part of Parts Unknown. I think oh, it's, it's a little uh, suburb it's of. Group, yeah, it's grouped together. Yeah. I mean, I say Don't suburb, but Nastyville's not going to have white picket fences, is it really? Probably not, no. Uh, so, so have they just had to set up a match with Luger and Sting there? Yeah, but they announced already advertised it, and then they set it up. So, hmm. <laughs> oh, they'd already mentioned it, had they? Yeah, they ran down oh. the card. That's where I found out about the wonder that is Ric Flair versus the Booty Man that the we've got. Booty Man. Christ. Did you know Glacier's coming soon? I'd heard a rumour. Now he's there doing he this. Is. He's doing this martial arts routine. Ever do you think they're showing the same video? Do they make him do this every week? I by like, like week like... forty-six, they're like, "Come on, guys, when are you actually gonna put me on the show?" I like the thought of them bringing him in to do this live every week. They're like, "Come on, where I'm just gonna get to my day." They're like, "Shut up and do the martial arts routine." And they're like, why can't I use the why can't we use the same one you you run every week? Just show a repeat. Like, no, shut up and do it again. Gotta be able to do it live. Gotta be able to do it live. But you're not gonna wrestle. No one wants to see you wrestle, Glacier. No. Oh, uh, and of course we've got for uh, Hog Wild coming up next <laughs> week. Medusa in her Harley against Bull Nakano in her Japanese. Was it a Kawasaki, or I don't know what what brand of bike it was, but the winner gets to destroy the loser's bike. And here comes former because WCW guest Sonny Ono with Malia Hasaka, who is presumably the warm-up opponent for Medusa. Which is a shame because she's got a lovely little heel sneer about her. <laughs> and a very clear shut up to the crowd. She, I'll tell you what, I've, I've seen her on screen for five seconds. She carries herself like a villain, amazingly. Yes. <coughs> Excuse me. So, yep, here comes Medusa in her Stars and Stripes gear. Wearing that outfit, just just so we know who the who the good guy is here, so the yeah. fans can chant the USA's and what have you. So yeah, this this match coming up, it's the the whole smashing up your opponent's motorcycle. Yeah, which I don't think ever made it as a stipulation out out of Hog slash Roadwell, did it? I don't believe so. Probably no. never and survived that... this one match. It was probably a one no. and done pilot. Yeah. Oh, nice leg sweep from Medusa. So it's gonna be interesting to see how this one translates to the crowd. They've got they've got the clear roles going from at least. Yes. But um and the crowd did seem to be uh, into it from the beginning with, I mean, they're, they're cheering Medusa. 
So, you know, because of the, the obvious signalling of the, the the visuals, as you say, Liam. And these are, these two can move about that ring. They've got their working oh, yes. boots on, early doors. I kicks to the ribs. Yeah, I, I admittedly don't have a uh, encyclopedia knowledge of Joshi wrestling. So are you familiar with, with this opponent of Medusa's at all? Not hugely. I've I've heard the name. Um, I think she might be US based, um, but I'm not I'm not massively familiar. I have to say, she did get that trash talk out crisp clear, didn't she? So that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And the old uh, slingshot catching the the throat on the bottom rope. That's one of several moves that like wasn't in American wrestling, but was there in Japan for several years, and then suddenly it started getting. I think like Matt Bloom A Train was doing that a lot and stuff. Suddenly these things start creeping into the American product, don't they? Yeah. And uh, Hasaka's got like a step over. I thought it was going to be an Achilles tendon hole, but it looks like now she's going for a spinning toe hold, maybe trying to get into a figure four leg lock. I thought the spinning toe hold would be just the opportunity you were looking for to mention Terry Funk. Well, yeah, and maybe I don't like maybe to... list off a selected list of uh, people who've managed him. Well, yeah, I, I I don't like to drop names. A potted history, shall we say? Yeah. No yeah. point running for all of them. Just get one or two in there, maybe one. Oh, I mean, I, I to think of two: Gary Hart and um and myself, maybe. You know. Who I don't is, like who is myself? That's a weird gimmick name. Yeah, it was a short-lived manager. Uh. Again, some good, oh, like a variation of an Indian death lock now. That does look painful, doesn't it? Mm. And then Shivani's now speculating that she is, she's basically trying to soften up Medusa for the, for the pay-per-view on Sunday. Yeah, it's that classic go-home show trope, isn't it? Yeah. Makes you wonder if uh, Nakano's on the card as well. Would only be fair, surely. You would, uh, yeah. But when's wrestling been fair? Let's have a quick check. Uh, I can confirm there is no Bull Nakano match. Wrestling really is weird, isn't it? Oh, a limo's arrived, Dean. A limo? A limousine! Has it got Randy Savage clinging to the roof still? <laughs> I don't know, but I can confirm that Macho Man Randy Savage is crazy. He's out of control, Liam. That's what I've heard. He is. It but was then... the, uh, the most reckless activity on a car roof since Stuart McCall celebrated Bradford City's promotion. <laughs> but then Sting and Lex Luger weren't concerned about that because they're out here asking what's the deal with the nasty boys yep they which was a little bit weird we're asking what the deal was I mean if I, if I was going to send someone out to ask questions of people's uh, loyalty and consistency I'd probably think for a better duo than Sting and Lex Luger 
Oh, wow. And Hasaka has won because Sunny Ono was holding Medusa's legs down to stop her kicking out. No, and I didn't see that coming. booing the hell out of them. That woke me up. <laughs> well, he's planted the uh, he's planted the seed of doubt in the fans' mind because he will be ringside with Bull Nakano, and he has just directly interfered to cost Medusa the match. So you're right, not the usual way of doing things, but certainly a very good way of doing things. So up next, Benoit is up next. Yeah. So that's going to be one of the interesting parts of this ongoing storyline is we have now had the um, we've had the new old order actively target the more established heels of the roster. So it'll be interesting to see how the um, the Arn Andersons and that react because if I I don't know if it'll be this week, but I do know there should be at some point there's a pretty famous Arn Anderson promo. And our timing for getting to it should be pretty good because obviously everyone's really hot about that infamous uh, reference to pulling out a Glock gun um, on AEW TV. And uh, you can see some vague similarities to uh, this, this promo that he does. It's a really good one. So I'm hoping it's on this episode. Maybe it's on a future episode. I don't know. Oh, we're just seeing uh, Benoit getting attacked by Dean Malenko who in is, the previous match. Who is the mercenary of the Dungeon of Doom, apparently. He's been paid off by Jimmy Hart, right? I believe so. So, who is Benoit up against? Still got the same guys outside the ring keeping an eye out. Which is a good touch. I recognise that music. That's uh, that's Alex Wright. Yes, there he is. Uh, do you think he hated that music, Alex Wright? Maybe after a while, but then again, especially if you remember how Mayhem 1999 worked in our most recent episode after a little bit of time having to work as Berlin and doing some of those so-called storylines, I'm oh, sure he, he welcomed it back when he, him and Disco were the boogie nights at the end of WCW's run. <laughs> oh, man, I forgot how bad that match was. Poor Benno, making him watch that. Yeah, but it was funny. Why should we have to suffer alone, Dean? Oh, yeah. Well, we don't suffer alone because our our listeners suffer with us by li- listening to our torment. I mean, I'd like to think that when we say how atrocious Mayhem 99 is, it, it makes several people rush to their uh, networks to watch what we've been talking about and suffer with us. But yeah. maybe I'm just a delusional fool. Well, when we pointed out that All Out 2021 was the the highest non-WWE buy rate 
since Mayhem 99. I think watching Mayhem 99 and remembering what that downfall WCW was like, it's not so much to say it's like a huge achievement per se for AEW, just what a low bar it was. And just how just yes. how welcome having something decent back is. See, I wasn't okay. lying. It is Ric Flair and the Booty Man later. You're excited, aren't you? Well, I'm interested to see if Ric Flair is able to to squeeze. Well, he should be able to squeeze a decent match out of the Booty Man. I mean, bear in mind, Ric Flair when he was the world champ, NWA world champion. He would go to all the different territories and face the local champion, who a lot of the time was the promoter, who was shit, and would make a decent like 60-minute main event out of things. So I I have every confidence that Ric Flair will be able to drag a decent match out of the Booty Man. I hope that Ric Flair knocks the Booty Man out cold with brass knuckles in the middle of the ring, drags him to the corner just so he can put his feet on the rope for the cover, and then rakes his eyes after the free count. That's what, I'm what we've all for. come here for. Yeah. And then goes to the banquet table. So uh, we see the limo again. Who's in it? They're wondering if it's the fourth man, this mysterious fourth man that Rey Mysterio talked about. Is it Hulk Hogan in there? Speculation is running rife. That's that. Please don't change the channel. Suspense they're trying to build this fourth man thing. Isn't it? Yes. Definitely. What I like, and one of my bigger fears about the current um, back and forth between two major companies is um, you, you don't want all this talk about ratings or demos or whatever to consume them because that's when the 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 writing, the booking gets really short-sighted. Some of this stuff is just so easy to forget because it had the it had such a short tail purpose. Keep people watching your show that Monday and then the next week it doesn't matter. Just do whatever you gotta do that week. And that's what led to a lot of this uh WCW stuff that we loved having a really that short uh, expiry date on it, really. Mm. When, you know, you can, you can book your show, plan your show out with the, you know, the, the big hits that you want and then just drop them in at the times that you don't want people changing channels. And then you get the best of both worlds. But yeah, I think, and what we saw with WCW was as things got worse, they would panic and they would go for a, what they thought might be a short-term fix, which never never really worked for them. And obviously their interpretation of what should be done to fix this also had a heavy influence from the, what, dozen wrestlers on the roster who had creative control. So yeah. it weren't even a I clear mean, we... direction then. No, I, I, that's you know something that Lance Storm told us about a few a few episodes ago when we spoke to him that that long term planning was impossible because of, because of that creative control and that they would literally plan Nitro one week to the next that short term. Mm. Uh, yeah, it really feels like they with, with the nature of the contracts and and the way they had to dive in 
week after week with with Nitro and the Monday Night Wars, they they sold their soul, didn't they, to 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 give us a a few years of a hot product, which yeah. is a shame. But then you do have to wonder if we could ever get anything as good as this if they hadn't. Uh, you'd like to think there was a there was a like answer in the middle, but. But if there was, we never saw it. But in the current situation, to draw that comparison back, I'm I'm actually pretty happy with the sort of stuff we get. If you think about it, we've got like a an AEW product at the minute that is able to rotate main events each week, and you're getting like pretty much everyone on the roster has had not just a main event match on Dynamite, but a significant one. Mm. Think of guys like the best friends having their feud enders with like Santana and Ortiz and Kip Sabian and Miro and in these big matches and all that. You just get so many different takes of this. You ra- randomly, you get Kenta Sharp in the main event. Random. So they've still got that element of surprise thanks to the quote unquote forbidden door that I know your yeah. friend of mine, Doug Williams, isn't a fan of as a phrase. <laughs> <laughs> He's, it's he's, a good marketing phrase. Yeah, he's he's right to an extent where this thing has been a concept, but I would argue that this is absolutely the right time to really sprinkle that mistake on it because we've been we've been forced into a homogenized product for so long now that you can make a big deal about it being a little bit more open network and a little bit more uh, of a collaboration. It has that that aura about it so you might as well milk it for every penny definitely and i think you know if you've got big companies working together against a a common foe then then everyone's everyone is is, it's where everyone's gains from it it's you know good for fans good for the companies it might be the end hopefully of this whole creative has nothing for you as well because you get certain guys like Chris Daniels for some reason springs as an example Christian Cage a little bit as well currently doing most of the stuff at Impact whereas you know there's probably not a lot of room for them to do anything significant on on Dynamite at the moment and there's a Mm. lot of other guys who could easily head you know I'd I'd love to see them send um, Arn Anderson's son Brock out to Japan for some seasoning that would be good he'd make a very good Gaijin I think with his history yeah. and his style and the look about him, he's very old school, isn't he? Yeah, very much like David Finley went over there and, and learnt his trade in Japan, really, as the, the son of a legend in Finley. So it's a, it'd be a similar a similar kind of thing there, definitely. And, and now he's in Impact, and you could very much see him in AEW one day. But everything, like the Absolute, old territorial yeah. days, it could stay very fresh as a result. Yeah. Yeah, just move people around, and it's like with uh, in, even in, in WCW days because we we were talking about this once before. I'm sure that that um, Thunder being like the the secondary show, the B show, whatever you want to call it, wasn't it Jimmy Hart running that? And he ba- that, oh, and they basically Jimmy had Hart? talking of Jimmy Hart, yeah. And uh, the, is this they the basically same as last week? Storylines. I'm wondering. Yes, because Jimmy Hart was the one who who alerted everyone of the problems. Huh? Yeah. He's just getting into an argument with woman. And about Elizabeth. <laughs> he said she is a human mannequin. I think he refers to Elizabeth. I think so. 
Oh. It's actually oh. trying to divert her back to Kevin. We're, we're into work shoot territory, Dean. We are into work shoot. He's trying to get woman to come back to Kevin Sullivan, which most people probably aren't even going to know what's going on about. And and now Dean Malenko has got woman by the arm and he's trying to drag her away. Benoit has seen what's going on, leaps onto Malenko. And um, Malenko impressively caught the plancher there. Mm. But they're going toe-to-toe now. And that's the end of the match. Here's the bell. Yeah, Benoit's been, been uh, counted out. Shiavoni <laughs> so, doesn't have a clue. <laughs> has the bell gone? No, it hasn't. Yes, it has. Gone. Run him into the tree. They're fighting by the tree, yes. Dean. He's running into the tree. Oh, my no days. No one has touched that tree, but on the last Nitro at Disney, they've finally used the tree as a weapon. I can't believe they'd stoop so low. That is almost as much sacrilege as wrecking Ric Flair's banquet table. Using nature as a weapon. <laughs> and it's not even the nature boy. You just need Jim Ross to fire off a line about how in a battle between a human body and a tree, the tree wins. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, um, shut up about that limousine, Tony. What was good, though, was that, um, that Shivani said that people are milling around the limousine. But the um, the subtitles that I've got here said that people are smelling around the limousine. I, I can just imagine all these people just, like, sniffing the limo. And that has just given me my clue as to who is in the limo. It's Mango. <laughs> Mango is in the limousine. Never mind that shit. Here comes mango. I really fancy some mango now. I had I had tandoori chicken for dinner, so I could have done with like a mango lassie or something. Oh, nice. But no, do you know what I did have for the first time in years that I used to always have like once every couple of months? Uh, I had a few Momo as a, as a appetizer. Momo? Are they Momo. the little? Pastry thing, the little something? spicy lamb dumplings. Yes, huge fan of those. Oh, they're. I think they're. Were they Nepalese? I think. I don't know. Yeah, they're not Indian. I know that much. But most 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 places you go, you get a good like a hybrid. There's usually a few different types of cuisines on one menu, and I'll never complain about that because it allows me to get things like a Bangladesh shakora curry, which is always nice. You ever had a shakora? I think so. It's got a funny citrus fruit of some sort. Very grapefruity. Yeah. Very similar to a grapefruit, the Shakura. That's a nice curry to have every now and then, I think. I I do like uh, chicken or lamb metti with the fenugreek leaves, fresh fenugreek leaves. They're lovely. Anyway, (laughs) here comes Randy Savage. And do you know what? He's out of control. Really? Well, I'm looking forward to him facing Steve Regal, to be fair. You would like to think that even if they slid into the Macho Man formula, Regal would still be able to put his own little touch up with his unique offense and Savage is selling. It'd probably be the most entertaining Macho Man formula match we've seen on Nitro so far. Well, I was going to say, Savage and Regal on paper sounds like a bit of a clash of styles, but I just get this feeling these two are going to like mesh tremendously because they're such 
both of them are such great old pros. Plus, the, the, the aforementioned macho formula would work a treat because Sa- oh. Savage will spend minutes at a time doing nothing but selling. And then he'll make the comeback with very, very simple, safe moves like the axe handles, like the knees to the back, and then the, and then the big elbow. So uh, yeah. anyone can slot into that. I, I feel like if if I was around during Savage's prime, I feel like he could hold my hand during the Savage formula, and I, I, and I wouldn't look too pathetic. I'd be sucking wind, oh. but he'd get me through it with a Macho Man formula. That that's how good a little uh, autopilot. I know that's what we've referred to it sometimes as, isn't it? It's like a wrestling mm. autopilot. Is anyone in the modern day, Dean, that strikes you out as having their own little five, six, seven minute formula that they'll just slot into on on TV or elsewhere? Oh, I'd have to have a think about that. I'm sure there must be. I think maybe Randy Orton could be the closest. Because I know, I, I know he definitely has a a, a a certain routine about some of his matches, doesn't he? Mm. Yeah, I mean, Bret Hart often and Ric Flair often had certain formulas they follow but anyway this this match so far this it has been all regal and it has been regal using his technical mat wrestling on savage and, and feeling very very smug and very happy about it ah oh, his his facial expressions are second to none and he's drawing a louder reaction we've had so far from this crowd that has not been terrible but they've they've definitely not been uh, feverish either, have they? No, I think that's fair to say. Savage is now responding to Regal's mat work by raking Regal's eyes across the ropes. Turn about his fair with play, his boot. as Gorilla Monsoon would say. Indeed. Baby faces are allowed to cheat if they've been cheated on. Yes. Something that the uh, the wonderful Kent Walton, British wrestling commentator, would often say back in the days of World of Sport. That the referee would be letting him get away with it in retribution. Or oh, big forearm uppercut from Regal. Well, we've got and the countdown, one. Dean, to hour number two. Do you, uh-huh. do you remember how these things used to work before Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> Or, or I should say wrestling puns, I should say fight. Try and work out what the crowd are chanting. Is that a macho chant? It sounded like Virgil, but I don't think they're chanting that. <laughs> yeah, I strongly doubt that. You strongly doubt that they're chanting for Virgil. Apparently, apparently, both Bischoff and Heenan aren't around. They just haven't. They they haven't turned up to work. Presumably, they don't think it's safe. Oh no, we we know that Bobby Heenan pretty much told them on air that he was leaving until things were safe. So we know that. And there goes Shivon is recapping that. The Bischoff situation's curious. Mm. Well, he's already been powerbombed through a stage by them, hasn't he? 
and uh, some great forearms uh, in elbows in the corner from Regal. Great facials and Macho Man's firing back. And Sting and Luger are now walking to ringside. So Luger and Sting are sitting down in two of the four empty chairs left by whoever left them. And fans are just coming to run over to get handshakes. And <laughs> Sting is uh, is man spreading on the seats there. Yeah, I mean, if if there's two seats each, you sit like there's two seats each. That's the rule, isn't it? I believe so. Here we go. Macho Man's firing back now. I think we're coming to the end of the formula. This reminds me of when I'm on a train and I sit on the outside seat of it to try and block off access to the other one and if someone like hovers over me I'll look up at them and growl yeah <laughs> do not sit near me I'd rather stand up than have someone a stranger sit near me I, I once accidentally discovered a great strategy of making sure people don't sit next to you on the train which was to read a book about Joseph Fritzl ah, I, th- I thought you was going to fit in your second wank yourself into a coma of the episode no, it's but that works too. Well, I'm sure, yeah, it probably would. Yeah, masturbation is frowned upon, but reading a book about Fritzl is, is is crossing the line, apparently. Yeah. Okay. That's the one. Here we go. Big slam. We know what Savage is going for. Let's wait for the crowd pop. Fancy an elbow, Dino? Oh, yes, please. Sting wants it. With Chutney and Papa Dom's. Bang. Now we might see what the deal is with Sting and Luger, but not like that. In not in this like instance, there's actually a different deal. Did they just did they just come out to watch the end of that one match? Yep. Or are they going well, to the not... limo? Ah, they are going to the limo. Oh, here we go. Sting has opened the door. I'm presuming there's no one in there because the door wasn't locked. They could, someone just could have opened it. Oh, what have we got here? We've got a bouquet of flowers. It's a wreath. A wreath. Can. Condolences on on the death of WCW. Now come on, R.D. Reynolds' book wasn't Nitro. that bad. R.D. Reynolds and Brian Alvarez's book was not that bad. It does not need a wreath of condolences. Okay, we've now had we've now had Booker T with the Spinner Rooney saying five times. We've had the Nasty Boys wearing the 2021 Tottenham Hotspur third kit. And now we've got the death condolences on the death of WCW. This is the time travel episode of Nitro. And Mean Gene has taken one of Vince McMahon's old uh, powder blue suit jackets. Uh Savage gets next. Oh, is it? Fair enough. It looked a bit sky blue to me, but Never mind. 
Savage cannot go to Hogwild, but he gets next after after the pay per view uh-huh. the world title. The um, closed captioning, by the way, is really struggling with Savage. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? Nice clear dig it, though. So they've got the reef in the ring there. Yeah. Condolences on the death of WCW. (laughs) I mean, if they survived the mini-movies with Cheatham the evil midget, I think they're going to survive one sneak attack. You think so? Yeah. So, so we've got the uh, the three man WCW team from Bash at the Beach '96 in the ring with Mean Gene. It's uh... <laughs> they're trying to milk this promo, aren't they? The... Yes. Oops, is Sting going to smash the bouquet? Sting says WCW is alive and well. Oh, Sting. Oh, Sting sees a very long and healthy life in WCW. Fuck's sake, Sting. You jinxed it. Yeah. They're going to kick a field goal with the flowers. Into the crowd. Oh, so, so we've got Sting holding it in place. Savage is he going to take punt. it away like Charlie Brown? No, it's, it's good. It's good. It is, it is good. Oh, I wanted Sting to whip it away and watch Macho Man fall on his back. Yeah. And, go, and then oh, smash him over oh. the head with it. Yeah. And then join the New World Order. Oh, yeah. Because fuck it, everything else is getting topsy-turvy in this episode. So that limo driver had the, the, the clear directive from the bad guys. I want you to take this empty limo to the show. When they Put get the flowers in. out of the back, you can fuck off. Yeah. Your hero and mine is up next. Imagine if they never got the wreath out of there and he was just sitting around for like days on end. He'd still be there now. Yeah, just starving. What do you mean? He'll be like, what do you mean there's no WCW? What do you mean it's all elite wrestling now? Be like one of those people who fall into a coma and then wake up 20 years later. That would be one hell of a gimmick. Imagine if someone showed up on Dynamite uh, trying to carry out like a, an errand for for a WCW bad guy. So yeah, I've, I've come here um... to stick it to Goldberg. It's like, dude, Goldberg's not here. I, I do remember a few years ago when Spud finished with TNA, but before he joined the WWE's Drake Maverick, he did a gimmick, and it was called something like Spud 2000, and it was where he'd 
taken a knock on the head and thought that it was the year 2000. And obviously being done by Spud, it was tremendous because everything he does is tremendous. Yeah, that's news to me. That sounds really good. Well, here, let us let us take you to another WCW show with copious amounts of Ric Flair cheating. Oh, yes. Now it's Flair and Guerrero, isn't it, for the pay-per-view? And he cheats on Guerrero. He backs off and apologises for beating up the, the jobber. Uh, so what does Eddie Guerrero do like a moron? He turns his back on him. Oh, the jobber was Chavo Guerrero. Must be one of his first yeah. appearances. Must be. Yeah, we haven't we haven't covered Hogwild '96. Yeah, we haven't, fact, we haven't done any of the Hogwild Road Wild shows, have we? No, and although sometimes we do choose something deliberately bad, I think one of the main reasons we haven't done the Hog or Road Wild shows is because they are pretty much uniformly awful. Yes. So what you're saying is we're not going to be reviewing it in the timeline fashion. Yeah. Probably for the best. There'll be better. There'll be better shows to slot into that. Yeah. Why is Mean Gene dressed like a university professor in that interview? He he's bringing it with the suits across this telecast. And the bow tie. Glasses and bow tie for Mean Gene. Oh, it's so, it's that uh, timeless entrance theme I can hear of the Booty Man. Don't forget the fact that he's accompanied by the booty babe. I would say that this gimmick is hideously dated, but honestly, I can't remember an era of wrestling where this was okay. God bless Kimberly for having to sell this. Poor Kimberly. How much Charlie do you think Ed Leslie has to get through to, to carry out this gimmick? I can't possibly comment. <laughs> and I, I can make comments like that because, you know, when when a guy causes a big anthrax scare and it turns out it's just his personal stash, they can't really accuse me of slander. I'm not familiar with that story. Oh, I'm great. I can't believe you haven't heard that. Right. You you take it with Flair's entrance while I dig this gem up, I hope. Uh, Maybe it's just okay. a fever dream, and I am guilty of slander. Who knows? I, I do have a Brutus Beefcake story for you. You have about five dozen, and I'd love to hear them all again, honestly. <laughs> Never feel ashamed to repeat them because they're brilliant. Here comes Flair with woman who is looking menacing, Elizabeth, who is just looking vacant, and Deborah McMichael as well. I can't believe Jimmy Hart actually lampshaded that. <laughs> By saying, you're out here hanging out with a mannequin. <laughs> yeah, just say it right to her face. And Elizabeth don't give a shit. She's like, yeah, they're still paying me. I don't care. Yeah. Never like so, this job anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. The question is, can... Flair or Anderson's coming out as well now with a chair in hand. 
and his uh, his arm all bandaged up from the attack. But yeah, he's he's keeping an eye out for Ric Flair and the ladies, obviously. Well, uh, yeah, can Ric Flair carry the Booty Man to a decent match or a watchable match? I mean, we're not after a five-star classic. And he started in the corner with punches and chops. And Booty Man is selling it, unlike a lot of other people would. How, how are you getting on with your Google search, Liam? Oh, it's it's confirmed, all right. So, um... I'm going to read this excerpt from the Boston Herald from 2004. He was the peck-perfect model for a toy action figure and a cartoon character puzzle. But it's former pro wrestling giant Brutus the Barber Beefcake who's gone to pieces. I love newspaper copy. Um, Beefcake... These days, Edward Leslie, 46, of Winchester, voluntarily checked into a treatment program Monday, according to a source, after cocaine he admitted was his created an anthrax scare at the MBTA's Downtown Crossing subway station. Sources said the man who acquired his stage name for hacking off the hair of his enemies in the ring had been working there part-time as a fare collector, a job that pays $25,000 a year. So, so basically, if you what city was this again? Uh, somewhere Boston. in Boston. So basically, if you lived in Boston in 2000 and Four, eight. If you lived in Boston in 2004, there was a chance that you might have had your ticket taken by Brutus the Barber Beefcake off his tits on Colombian marching powder. We should ask former guest and friend of the podcast, Dave Doyle, if he has ever had his uh, (laughs) fare collected by a coked up Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Yes. Or, uh, as my other half accidentally called him the other night, Brutus the Barber Cheesecake. That's a better name, to be fair. Yeah. So, Heenan's um, turned up. Yeah. Uh, and he's saying the presence of some of the boys from the back has convinced him, I think, to uh, to belatedly do his shift. But he doesn't so know where Eric Bischoff is. Yeah. So he's turned up. So he's basically thought it's safer in the dressing room area than out out front. But he turned up. Strange logic. Um, the booty man isn't, went for his finisher. Like me. Oh, sorry. Go for it. Yeah, he went for his finisher, the um, high knee. Did you get it? Yeah. Yeah. And only found the turnbuckles, which has hurt his leg. And now we've got the figure four. And you'll be pleased to know, listeners who are not watching along, that Ric Flair is grabbing the top rope for leverage. And now Benoit and McMichael have leapt in the ring. And while the booty man is locked in the figure four, they are beating the ever-loving snot out of him. Yeah, while while their man, Ric Flair, had a huge, huge advantage in the match. And Flair doesn't give a monkeys. Okay, so... The other guys are still on the outside, keeping an eye out for the... Uh, 
to the outsiders. The referee's been thrown out the ring. Yeah, they're, they're not going to get involved in business as usual. If the horsemen are going to stage an attack, that's seen as within the ecosystem. But Plus, of course, the booty man used to be the Zodiac in the Dungeon of Doom, so they don't care if something happens to him. He left them. Oh, wow. And Sh- Shirvani is, is framing this as a as a message to the NWO. They're saying they know the connections between Ed Leslie and Hulk Hogan. So uh, they are really putting it on him bad. And now I think about mean? it, this must actually be the last appearance of the Booty Man. Because, I don't know if you remember, he actually shows up as Ed Leslie at the end of Road of Hogwild with a birthday no, cake for Hogan. Do you remember? I've tried to eliminate most things from Road from You did Hogwild, the right thing, to, to be fair. Yeah. Oh. Mean Gene is the voice of reason. <laughs> oh, this is the promo. Aha. Intense pain is a wonderful thing, Gene Oakland. Your life flashes before your eyes. Things that are the most important to you become crystal clear. You start to begin to learn the meaning of life. Last week, when they stuffed me in that ambulance and I looked across and I saw Flair, Sting, Woman, Bagwell and myself, I realised that we were people brought together, not by philosophy, but by necessity. And I started to think, New World Order, New World Order, where have I heard that? And I remembered in the good book, it says, when a New World Order is put into place, it signals the beginning of the end of time. Well, well WCW, WCW is our world. Yeah. <laughs> it's where we live and breathe. And if you want to destroy it, Hogan and the Outsiders, you've already made a mistake that jumps off the page. You're going to take a baseball bat to a horseman, finish the job. Because there's one rule of gang fighting. See, we are the original gang and we're the most vicious in all of professional wrestling history. They send one of yours to the hospital. You send one of theirs to the morgue. Oh, nice. That is one of my all-time favourite arm promos. And I felt, rather than just sitting there silently and enjoying it and making it look like it was a problem with the podcast, I thought I might as well relay it for the people. Yep. And woman is still flirting with Mean Gene. Well, you know, I know things are a bit crazy, but some, some things stay the same. Yeah. Oh, now Mongo is telling the outsiders to grow eyeballs in the back of their head. But this is a this so is it's... a declaration of war from the horsemen. And there's Flair now to punctuate it. Hogan, says Hogan, watch this. watch this. And he's just absolutely destroying the booty man. <laughs> Flair's gone crazy he's grabbed Mean Gene's mic and to think that the money that WCW could have made for years if they even remotely tried to put anyone as level to the new old order yeah but the beatdowns just got one sided for so tediously long didn't they mm. 
and made the baby faces look stupid and weak. I don't know if you noticed recently on social media that um, Kevin Nash and The Rock were having a bit of a Twitter exchange, and Nash mm. apologised to The Rock for the way he conducted himself. Well, one of the things that stuck in my mind about around that time was how you know Ke- Kevin Nash would do some. He he takes some liberties on in promos and that, wouldn't he? And there was that one time where The Rock called him Big Daddy Bitch, and he threw a massive tantrum apparently backstage. Oh, okay. Uh, and how glass chinned it was. Someone who can who can do like the Arn Anderson impression and make jokes about alcoholism, and then like one one little casual thing like Big Daddy Bitch makes him so upset. And it just mm. goes to show what sort of mentality there were from the people all on one side of this script, but people who all have creative control. And it's no wonder it didn't come off like a proper story with a beginning, a middle and an end, which is such yeah. a shame. Oh, now we're going to recap it all. So, yeah, we're being taken back to last week's Nitro. Jimmy Hart rushing to the camera, telling them to come to the, take the camera to the back. I mean, this was a great start to it. I mean, it's such an ominous, such a different thing. You've got a manager just coming and grabbing the cameraman, screaming for help, who's normally the most annoying man on the show, and he's making Mm. his heartfelt pleas. And then he's on the apron. That's what I'm trying to get. Because no one's to listening to him. Everyone, everyone's just like, "Yeah, fuck off, Jimmy." So it's like, seriously, seriously. This was the best part of it. I mean, there was a lot that was good. There were some parts, as we said, that di- didn't really have the desired effect. But this was this was one of my favourite parts. Trying to appeal to Lex Luger, who does have a little bit of, yeah, <laughs> you know, there, there's a bit of a connection there. So yeah, we now go to the to the back where they've got baseball bats. Scotty Riggs gets hit in the head with a with a light and not a uh, water cooler, as I mistakenly said before. There's the lawn dart to Ray. He's taken some iconic bumps as Mysterio. Do you, do you remember that time when the Big Show strapped him to a stretcher and baseball bats swung him into the post? Yeah. That was mental. And there's also the time where the Giant eliminated him from the World War Three Battle Royal with one hand. A bit like a lawn dart, actually. Ah, we've had, we, have, uh, we had Bianca Belair resuscitate that on the Saudi show, didn't we? And there's I Savage on the it. roof of the limo. <laughs> uh, I, I haven't seen the Saudi show. I don't watch them. I watched. I watched the last two matches. In the end, they were okay. So at least we're going to get the condensed version of this this time, because as those who listened to the last watch along we did will know, this this ran very long. And there was a certain naturalism to it that really helped, but it also was a lot of dead air. So that's a ga- it's, it really is a gamble in that situation, isn't it, Dean? Yeah, and I think, it's, as we said, short term, 
it, it's harmful, it's damaging. But long term, um, it certainly helped put this angle across as something that's, uh, as a really, really big deal. And it's a really, it's a really brave thing to do. I think yeah, they were able to do it because they were in, you know, they're in a position where they've got weekly TV and you know their their ratings. I mean, they were, I think at this point in time they were still losing to WWF, but there wasn't any pressure on them to to beat the WWF in the ratings at this point in time. This oh, that absolutely. didn't happen for another year or so, maybe. But, um, so they could, yeah, they could afford to take this gamble, and it was a gamble, and it, it, I think it certainly paid off. Would you would you argue that it was a bit of a lost leader, maybe? Yeah, yeah, it worked in that respect, didn't it? Definitely. You sacrificed like half hour of your show. People might think, all right, this is dragging on, but then the the legacy of it just runs and runs and builds to a much bigger storyline that dominated for how many weeks are in Eric Bischoff's podcast again? Eighty-three, <laughs> yeah. Not to suggest that Easy would be out dining on that one achievement from twenty-five years ago, but he still has a podcast named after the spell that he won. Yeah, I mean, it'd be like me having a podcast called "I Once Managed Terry Funk." I always felt like that was only ever like a, a stone's throw away. I live in constant fear that you're going to jack this one in in favour of starting off your own. <laughs> I, I envis- episode 104. If I once managed <laughs> Cherry Funk. I, I envision the concept being basically you have random guests on who have known to do wrestling, but they're all people called Terry. Oh. And you basically, you ask them, did you know I once managed Terry Funk? And they say, no, I did not. You say, well, I did. Now, fuck off. <laughs> and that's it. We're talking like 25 seconds per podcast. I'd listen. For, for the, yeah, for the person who you know, doesn't have time to listen to a long podcast. I just want to know that you managed Terry Funk. Yeah. Because you never filled me in on that. I'm left in suspense. I see. <laughs> Uh, so now Larry Zabisco talking about the words of his, well, his former tag team partner, Arn Anderson. And and the way that they, Dean, they infiltrated his cranium, which was a turn of phrase I really appreciated from Zabisco. What I don't appreciate from Zabisco is the massive sweat patches on his torso. Well, that new old order gets him so worked up, Dean. Clearly. Oh, Neil, Neil Pruitt voiceover, the following announcements Good been paid Neil. for by the NWO. <laughs> what is going on here? Oh, look, Mocking it's Kevin Nash Luger. taking the piss out of someone. Yeah. Remember, he doesn't like that. Oh, only when it's him. No. I think one thing we can say in retrospect through society is that someone who does funny things at someone else's expense and cannot make the same sort of humour by himself is not actually that funny. Mm. Oh, they're talking about billionaire Ted and the Atlanta Braves. There you go. Well, they were swinging those baseball bats last week, weren't they? He just talked about the crowning jewel. 
once again, this is the time travel nitro. Obviously, it, it, it turned out that the Braves did not need a um, a lot of bats this particular calendar year because they made the World Series. They made a lot of World Series in the 90s. Must have been something to do with WCW being in existence that inspired the Braves to do well. Although they've made they've made their first World Series since 1999 this year. Okay. They're playing the Houston Astros who like to cheat a lot. Are they the Eddie Guerreros of uh, Major League Baseball? Sort of. They they used to use um, a covert code by banging a, a trash can to tell their batters what sort of pitch that the uh, the pitch was going to throw to give them a better chance of hitting it better. Okay. And it caused some massive scandal when they got caught. They would always argue that they, they weren't the only team cheating. They were the team who were caught cheating, which is probably true. Okay. But then if, but, you, um, if you implore everyone to forget about one mistake, uh, that's not going to go down well because it weren't a mistake. You fucking cheated. But then, you know, if we, uh, if we learn anything from, um, from uh, Jesse the Body Ventura... Then mm-hmm. it's uh, don't get caught. He's saying, you know, saying cheating if you get caught. <laughs> did you did you see the end of that video? We, it, we've the, now got the NWO propaganda video abruptly ended. Tony and Larry are like, "What's going on here?" When the camera's back on him, and the producer's gone in their headset and gone, "I'm here with Sting and Lex, and they've asked me to stop the video. <laughs> they've they've gone to the truck to stop the propaganda video." They're in the truck. So what we could hear before was the director talking in Shivani and Zabisco's headset. So Sting is now berating the production crew. The but crew surely mem- it said that it had been paid for by the NWO. It's a paid advertisement. Yeah. What's going on now? <laughs> St- Something about going to Atlanta. St- Sting is promising free pot pie and mountain dew, and I'm actually tempted myself. We've already said there's plenty of time travel going on. Can I go to Sting's trailer in 1996 for some pot pie and some mountain dew, please? You go for it. All right, I'll see you, you later. You yeah. said you're you said that you're you're running out of ideas for dinner. Well, pot pie and mountain dew it is. Well, as long as I can order it, because I can't be bothered cooking. Yeah. Unless you fancy coming up to the big smoke and cooking for me. It's an option. It's an option you're going to say no to, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here comes Sergeant Craig Pittman with Teddy Long. And he is cha- somehow he is challenging for the world title. I don't think we've seen him have a single victory on Nitro, but somehow he is now challenging for the world title. That's because the sadists in charge of matchmaking have seen um, the Giants matches get shorter and shorter, and they want to see if he can break new records. They're like, sure, Craig, you have a title match going there. I think you're going to make history. And like, yeah, it's the shortest match ever, history. Greg the Hammer Valentine. How short was that one? 
It's about two or three minutes, wasn't it? So, the, I'm shocked the giant didn't shoulder tackle that tree in the middle of the aisle and knock it over. So there's still a big element of mystery about where Eric Bischoff is. Would it yeah. possibly be fair to say this could potentially be the point in time when they got to Bischoff? Ah. <laughs> when possibly. the traitor, Hulk Hogan. I like that. Yes. What a bastard. So, out of all the matches on the show, Sting and Luger against the Outsiders is the most appealing to me by far. Yes. Even knowing there's a Benoit Malenko match on the card, I also have, I do remember very clearly that it was very badly received by the crowd. So, there's much better Benoit Malenko matches to track down. And obviously, everything involving Benoit these days is tougher to watch anyway. Well, yes, there is that. Okay, so this isn't going to be a classic, I'm sure, but it's. Uh, I strongly doubt Pittman it. Is, yeah, Pittman is looking cagey, as as you can understand. Is it is it fair to argue that Pittman has never had any value if he's not wearing that T-shirt he once wore that said, "The beatings will continue until morale improves." Until morale improves. <laughs> It is a great t-shirt. Oh, why didn't they reproduce that? I don't know. They missed They missed the trick, didn't they? Can't we just make a custom version? Oh, yeah. We absolutely should. Definitely. <laughs> okay. So, John is now in control. Already. Tony Schiavone just said uh, that Hulk Hogan is not going to try and win back the title by usual Hulk Hogan means. Somehow forgetting that babyface Hulk Hogan was cheating like a bastard anyway. Raking the eyes, raking the back. Like I know he was a very uh, popular and lucrative babyface. But in the grand scheme of things, he was a shitty baby face. He was not a hero. Didn't he hit the Undertaker with his own urn? Oh, Craig Pittman is taking evasive action and has now done a flying headbutt to the midsection of the giant, which doesn't really seem to be doing an awful lot. And now he's just run into what looks like it's going to be a choke slam. Yes, it is. Oh, he got up nicely for it, though. I'll yeah. tell you something. He has taken that choke stand probably better than anyone. He was always an awkward performer, similar to with Regal, about style clashes with a lot of opponents. But I never thought he was terrible in the ring. 
as you saw, he could. But he was doing those um, headbutt lunges, wasn't he? He, he could, he'd throw his body about there. Teddy Long is pleading for mercy, and I think he's going to earn Teddy him a Long tag team yeah. match player. He's going one on one with the choke slam taker. Oh man! And that's why managers should always learn to take bumps because. Craig Pittman, who is twice the size of Teddy Long, got up twice as high as Teddy Long. And logically, Teddy Long should be much easier to lift, but he looks like he sandbagged him a bit. Well, that, I mean, you could explain it why he looked paralysed by fear. Because it, 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 some of those headbutts he was landing, Pittman, he gave it a good go. It's definitely far, far worse in the history of wrestling than Sergeant Craig Pittman. That was a great bump by Pittman. I think that the, the Giants a little bit of fault there. He seemed to lose his grip. Mm. Oh, mean Jean's going to keep Jean. cracking on. Me and Gene has spent a lot of this show telling off the bad guys because they have reacted to the attacks of the New World Order by just being even more villainous, really. The limo's Another back. limo. The limo is back from the florists. With another delivery. Maybe this time it's a little bonsai tree. Oh. Now Jimmy Hart's going to finish his promo. (laughs) And he's now looking shit scared and he's literally hiding behind the giant. So, uh, yeah, u- usual thing. Same as with the horseman, same as with Flair. Sending a message. Yeah. He says he never said he was a nice guy, which is true. Getting those shades of grey here, Dino. Like Jake the Snake, isn't it? In that famous promo, I always said I was a snake. Yeah, it's a mean edge to the baby faces, yeah. which has been brought about by the the, the, the situations that they've witnessed, I guess. <laughs> he just even, for, Giant just threatened Jimmy Hart and Mean Gene. He's like, I don't care who I have beat up, whether it's you or you. The fear on their faces. Nearly frightened their respective tashes off their faces. <laughs> He's talking very confidently for someone who's, you know, about to go up against Hulk Hogan in a world title match. He's talking very confidently for someone who's only been wrestling about two years. Yeah. But we know uh, facing Hogan for the title is usually code for give me my vanity prop back. (laughs) And that's not the main event. 
No. Still got Sting and Luger and the Nasty Boys. Yes, Sting and Luger are making another appearance on this show. I wonder if Brian Nobbs will try and talk and the, uh, the closed caption won't pick him up again. That was good. Oh, it's Glacier doing his, uh, yeah. doing his karate. They, they've again. made him film another one for this as well, I reckon. Live, yeah. So shut up, Glacier. Do another take. See you again next week to do the same old shit. <laughs> I wonder how many takes this did actually need. Glacier, coming soon. We didn't even say coming soon. I think they've given up all hope now, haven't they? They just said Glacier, yeah. We don't know when he's turning up. Basically the precursor to the Nitro Girls dancing, isn't it? <laughs> well, what's happening? We're getting a clip from Macho Man has the, has the briefcase that Steve McMichael had previously had on Saturday night. And now the Nasty Boys have got it and smacked Sting in the ribs with it. Oh, so it was Sting and Savage against the Nasty Boys. That was the match. And Brian Nobbs got donked over the head. Turnabout is fair play, like we said earlier. Indeed. Savage is getting ready for the big elbow. This is the famous uh, rotating studio from Disney, isn't it? That's, that's such a great venue for a wrestling show, isn't it, this place? Oh, was that a studio inside Disney then? Yeah, remember when they used that that sound that sound stage in '93 uh, for ages, and it always it would always like they'd, they'd revolve it, wouldn't they? The ring would spin round when it weren't being used. Oh, okay. You must remember that from the ITV Saturday afternoon days. I don't remember the ring spinning. Well, you call yourself a WCW aficionado. I call myself someone with five concussions. Fair enough. Here come the nasty boys walking past the tree. I'm not sure if it was a slight mispronunciation or deliberate. And knowing Zabisco, probably deliberate. He just referred to the new world odour. So uh, everyone coming out to their WCW Slam Jam music. Your favourites. Yay. So, yeah, we're getting ready for a pay-per-view based entirely around Eric Bischoff having a jolly and going to the, Har- going to the Harley Davidson owners convention on company money. It's probably why he's not there tonight. He's probably already in Sturgis. Yeah. Three sheets pissed. to the wind, yeah. Yeah. So you'd like to think this is going to be the point of the show where we actually see the outsiders, given that they are doing the hard sell for... Oh, the Steiners are out in there. Oh, with chairs. Rick Steiner looks like he's limping. I'll have you know, you do not refer to him as Rick Steiner anymore, but the father of Bron Breaker. Do I refer to him as Rick Breaker? Yeah. (laughs) Because, he- heaven forbid, you refer to his family lineage when someone else might one day potentially make money off of it. 
Yeah. And if they do, it'll be because they've drove Braun Breaker out the door like they drove so many other talents out the door. Well, they do appear to be pushing him to the moon. No, I pushed Bray Wyatt to the moon once, mate. That's true. Just the whole the whole product is very strange. And I say it despite the fact that there's a very strong rumbling that um, in early September they're coming to the UK, which just so happens to be All Out weekend. Oh. Although that being said, you'll remember that WWE once seemingly at face value put an NXT UK takeover up against uh, All Out, but it wasn't really. Because of the time zones, they ran uh, yeah. one after the other. If if anything, it, yeah. was, it was competing with Royal Quest New Japan that you and I attended. Yes. That's right. It did, didn't it? It was on at the same time. Those were strange. Yeah, and then the, yeah, and then the AEW pay-per-view was straight afterwards. Yeah. Back in the days where you could go to an event without even thinking about it. Lex Luger is a house of fire here. Tags in Sting. Crowd are very much into these two, but then they've been all over the show so far, so... <laughs> yes. And uh, opposite the hard camera, you can see the Barbarian standing guard. Yeah, those guys have been diligent the whole show. They've done their job. Well, love Sting how, and Luger dominating the match. I love how the guys on the outside couldn't give them a toss that um, like Ric Flair was detaching Ed Leslie's leg from the rest of his body or or the giant was choke slamming anyone with a pulse. But if those outsiders come near, they're in trouble. Yeah, well, you know, everything else is uh, is domestic, internal... WCW beef, whereas the NWO is is outside of beef. It's different. Oh, big clothesline from Sags right into the cam, right, well, right next to the camera. So he, he kind of had to connect. There because otherwise it'd look really bad. So tables have turned. The baby faces are now being beaten up by the heels. This is that point where we now have to uh, pretend that the nasty boys can actually put Sting and Luger in in hot water. Yeah. Also, seeing as this is time travel, um, time travel nitro, am I right in thinking that Sting is wearing Jacksonville Jaguar colours? Uh, yellow and purple. I don't know. I'm not. A, no, it's not Jax, an NFL is it? fan. I don't know. I'm not an NFL fan. I don't profess to be. Let me. Let me. You're just try. trying to be a conspiracy theorist. No, the Jaguars wear like a bottle green. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. It's green. Oh, never mind. 
Maybe even turquoise. Teal, teal, black, and gold. Apparently. Oh, teal. teal. Oh, I'm sorry for using the the wrong word that begins with a T to describe the same bluey green. Never got that. It's the same. Turquoise and teal are the same thing, and you can't prove to me otherwise. If anyone tries to argue with me on on this, but then I'm a, I don't know, I'm just so rattled. Not having it. <laughs> Not having it. That's clearly a trigger for me. Clearly. <laughs> We've had Mean Gene with his jacket. Is it beige or is it whatever it was? Pastel blue, sky blue. It's still the Nasty Boys in charge against Sting. Luger primed for the hot tag. Sting, Sting as the face in extremely mild peril. <laughs> mild peril. Yeah, the crowd aren't even bothering to chant for Sting. They don't buy this for a second. I mean, Nobs and Sags have now run through their entire five-move moveset. Then down the pit stop. I said moves, not that's more the, disgraces. Yeah. Oh, so that's more of a babyface move. Yes, I know what I just said. But rubbing someone's face in your partner's armpit is a babyface move. Here comes Luger vaulting that... over the ropes and kind of drop-kicking sags in the chest at the same time. I mean, they definitely did it as heels as well, to be fair. I remember that. If anything, it was probably the fact that they did it as heels that made it a thing. When they first turned babyface them doing that established hill move to other hills. As I said, that, that's something that always gets a pop, isn't it? I've always been a big fan of yep. hills doing hill things to other hills. That's kind of where the intrigue is in, in the horseman getting nasty with the new world order. Yeah. You want to see well, them Luger take a baseball some... bat to them in the parking lot instead of Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, Luger got sags up in the torture rack but Nobbs made the save and we've now got oh and now Jerry Sags accidentally clotheslined Rick Steiner in the back of the head and Steiner's just Steiner lined Sags on the floor I don't know if the referee caught it but that's the first interaction between a wrestler and a wrestler security I guess because hmm. heaven knows you have to protect the nasty boys here And there's the scorpion. That should be all she wrote. That is indeed all she wrote. I'm guessing that's a set up another tag team feud, but Jesus Christ. And the nasty boys were kind of baby faces, you know, because they were feuding with the public enemy up until a couple of weeks ago, weren't they? Yeah. So now they're suddenly they've just, although they kind of said in their in their thing that they stand alone. They're very much heelish now, especially in the programme with the Steiners. Okay, so we're going to a commercial break. They're showing us the uh, limo still there. Because what better way to finish this broadcast than with another Mean Gene segment and another Sting and Luger segment? Yeah. Because I'm presuming Sting and Luger are going to be in the ring. You, yeah, they still are. You presume are. correctly. We got 
two little kids in the ring for no apparent reason. <laughs> and a nice plug for Sting and Luger's gym in Atlanta there, main event fitness center. So we don't have long of this show left, but it looks like we're getting a... Go, there's no sign the outsiders yet, either. No. So is it a go-home promo? Yeah. Another limousine is here. Feels like deja vu this segment, doesn't it? Now Sting is asking the crowd. Lugus is saying there's no way. Yeah, Lugus, there's no way they're going to be in there. And Sting is now saying, shall we go check it out? Is he falling for the trap? That's what Sting does. He falls for every trap known to man. Yeah. And a clear one-on-three scenario when he's being antagonised by MJF. So even at the ripe old age of 62, he's the same old gullible schmuck. <laughs> this is not a rib. They are going down to uh, to open the. Mean Gene is coming with them to the limo. And it looks like the uh, the wrestler securities are going to go as well. I saw some yeah. making a move. Oh, we're going to have a run oh, in that. And... It's a sheer volley. We are out of time. <laughs> What's happened? A bag has been thrown. Someone slammed the door. What a shithouse ending. At least shots was in the... A bag with Turner on it. Oh, we're still... We've got an after-the-show exclusive on the network Oh, wow, we're treated here. Ray was right. There are four guys, or are there five? See you in the Sturgis. Five guys. A WCW deal with the burger joint has been confirmed. There are now, five when did guys. That burger... Hang on. When did the burger joint open up? Yeah, probably after it. But don't look. It's the time travel episode, remember? Time travel okay. nitro. So get me some seasoned fries. <laughs> Oh, no, the first restaurant opened in 1986. But rapid expansion wasn't until 2003. Yeah, we, we didn't see them over here until, like, 2013, did we? Something like Maybe that, Maybe a little yeah. sooner. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to Because WCW. So, um... Yeah, basically, bugger all happened there. But there you go. That is that that brings Nitro to an end. Well, not a classic, but I think a thumbs a thumbs up still. Yeah, it was good enough. It was like a joke always made where certain segments are kind of uh, bleh. And it's like, what do you think of it? Yeah, thumbs up. Um, yeah, mild thumbs up, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. They've driven home the, mo- the most of the points they weren't to make. They weren't really too much inspired. I mean, the, mo- the most inspiring in-ring product we saw 
was uh, watching the non-NWO heels just absolutely splatter people. And even though it seemed weird at the time, there was a bit more of a point to Ric Flair happily watching his guys cost him a win by DQ because they wanted to go out of their way to just absolutely destroy Ed Leslie for having a vague semblance of a a connection. Yeah, so I like that. Fair, fair play. Right, well, that brings this episode of Because WCW to an end. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at Because WCW um, or on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Because WCW. Uh, our website, Because WCW.podbean.com, has all 104 episodes available, or you can uh, download them from wherever you get your podcast from. We'll be back very shortly uh, with either another watch or maybe even a guest pay-per-view review who who knows we plan these in advance as much as they planned nitros in advance <laughs> but, uh, hey. but until then thank you so much for uh, downloading and listening please do rate and review us on uh, itunes please do subscribe to us we'll be back very shortly so on behalf of liam Happ, this is me the twisted genius dean is saying i'll see you ringside